Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Coming to you live, raw, and uncensored from Studio 107. Welcome to the SOL Podcast. Wake up, America, with your host, Drew Baker, Shake and Bake. We're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! Matt Dixon, the Iron Man. When you're going through hell, keep going. And Kelsey Lee, (laughs) Special K. I'm an extremely stable genius. A podcast dedicated to protecting your rights by exploring the law, politics, and current events. You have the right to remain silent and listen, or call in and become a part of the show. And now, here's your host, Shake and Make. Welcome to the SOL Podcast. I am your host, The Shake and Bake, and we are back in Studio 107. Time for some roll call before we talk about some of these exciting new scenes that we've got going on here today. Is the Iron Man present? My topic is going to explode the entire room. All Ooh. right. That was strong. Not, quite ta- strong. not in a Taco Bell kind of way either. Oh. <laughs> Thank well, you that, for clarifying. That's, that's great. Uh, we are short on mics room. around here, so that's good. Uh, is the special K in the house? I'm here. What's up? Not too much. It's going to be a wild afternoon, it appears. Uh, is the intern here today? This is a kind of a guest, but not a guest. I think the intern is... I think is, he should have to sign the board, though. Okay, that's fair. Is the intern present? Yes, I am present here. There he is. So how exciting is this? We're back in the studio after... All of these changes that needed to be made. I actually was very calm, mostly, shortly before this show started for once. Uh, but you can find us, obviously, right now on YouTube. We're live streaming. But then when the show is over, we will be on all of the podcast platforms that you like to frequent out there, such as iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Verbal, you name it. Uh, we're probably somewhere on it. As you can see... We've got it figured out. Hopefully everything's going well. We did a test run. That was nice. Never done that before. Uh, But we did a test run and the video is 1080p. We've got the sound going. We've got stream decks, all kinds of fun stuff to bring into the show today. I believe we need to announce the show though. Do we not? Uh, I think we should. I believe it is. Free for all Friday. Free for all Friday. We're back with a free for all Friday. It's been a while since we did the free for all Friday, hasn't it? It's been been a hot minute. That's what I was thinking. So. Just to remind the audience of what the Free For All Friday is all about, we don't get too heavy into the legal side of things, a couple things here and there, but mostly we'll be focusing on some current events. We've all picked a topic that we want to talk about today, uh, very current, or some of which might even be reoccurring from other episodes that we've done, kind of follow-ups, right? That's right. Yeah, so we're going to get into that and... um once we have that completed, there's going to be some videos along with this. There's going to be some images that I think are quite interesting. Um, it looks like you've worn a shirt today, uh, Special K, that is, what, what does that say? I think exactly? she's a NASCAR yeah. enthusiast. NASCAR. Let's go, Brandon. All right. Well, maybe yeah. that's for the NASCAR clip I'm going to play later. Fantastic yeah. shirt. Could, yes. could be. You. Could be. Again, you can find us on those platforms. If you don't mind trying to subscribe, whether that be through the YouTube live stream or any of those other social media platforms, certainly appreciated. 
Listen, we know you love it. Smash the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the like button. Let us know you're out there. Smash it, he says. Smash, smash it. All right, so uh, real quick. Little plug for my buddy, Matt Lucas, down in Florida. He just got permits, and he's ready to rock, and they're starting. They've actually opened, but the ribbon-cutting ceremony is going to be next weekend at Reef and Reel. Check out Reef and Reel. What an incredibly cool catalog they have. Clothes, hats, all kinds of other interesting and fun things to give for Christmas. They do have a Christmas sale going on right now, I believe. Reefandreel.com. Check them out. All right. Sounds and awesome. I, you know, I liked it when he was small scale and I got all the free stuff. Now I have, yeah. to, pay, now I have to pay for it. Maybe that plug will get you something. I'm hoping. Mm. Yeah. I'm hoping because we certainly didn't get any kind of sponsorship money from it. Yeah. It'll get him a bottle opener. Yeah. A magnet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe one of those little sandwich, plastic sandwich Tupperware. Oh, there things. you go. Yeah. Those are nice and, to have, though, when you're out on the water. Definitely. You don't want to get fish guts on that. No, you don't. So, well, let's get right into it. Uh, today, it seems as if number one was Matt. He drew the card for the number one spot today to talk about something. So, what do you got on the Free for all Friday for for us today. All right. So this topic is trending at this very moment and has been for the last few days. And in fact, at this very moment, there are approximately nine people who are determining exactly what's going to happen with this topic. Nine people. Nine people. Wow. Okay. Yes. What I'm going to talk about is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. This is the case that's been in front of the Supreme Court for the last few days that stems from a Mississippi law um, that was uh, essentially passed by the legislature to ban abortions after 15 weeks. This is the case that's commonly known as the one that would overturn Roe v. Wade. It's not entirely accurate based on what they're trying to do, but would have some kind of semblance of changing things um, that were established in Roe. So Roe um, decided in the 70s, Essentially, it was decided on the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment that just on the grounds a person has a right to privacy, which protects their decision or whether or not they want to have an abortion. Okay. Um, and so Roe had some trimester test. You know, if you, if you got it within the first trimester, it was protected. Later in Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that was sort of changed to more of a viability standard, so which was determined to be about 24 weeks. When you say that, you mean... Is the a baby vi- alive? Fetus. Yeah. Like, is it doing things that alive people do? Yes. They could I, live without. Uh, yes. No. A host. Yeah. Could they, could they have, yeah. Could they make that live outside? You know, which is crazy now because with what we have available to us in the medical, medical technology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that might be available after day one. Who knows? Right. But anyway, the Mississippi law would seek to push that up to 15 weeks. So viability would be 15 weeks, not 24 weeks, changing the ability of women to get an abortion. So would it fit under Roe v. Wade? Yes, generally speaking, but not in the viability standard, right? They're moving that goalpost and saying viability is no longer 24. We think it's now 15. Um, But that's the state law, right? I mean, that's that's the state law that says that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the state law is saying viability is at 15. So that's sort of what's in front of the court right now. Um, you know, the conservative justices, it's, it's just interesting because they've noted, if you read some of the transcripts or listen to some of the questions, they're sort of noted as saying they can't find anywhere grounded in the Constitution the right to an abortion, right? So you go back to what the court had previously said about it being under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. 
that creates a, a little bit of an issue uh, between the 1970 decision and then th what this court could say. So we'll have to see exactly what they do with that. A liberal justice rely mostly on the fact that this is settled precedent. Well, I think what everybody seems to, not everybody, but a large portion of people seem to have wrong about this, or at least have the wrong perception of what this is, is they think that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that means that there is no right to abortion and all abortion cl clinics will be shut down immediately and there will be no recourse for women that choose to have an abortion. Now, that's completely not the case. Right. Maybe the intern should weigh in on this. He's probably more knee deep or uh, knee head deep, deep or in constitutional something law. deep in constitutional law. What do you think, intern? Is that is that a fair statement that uh, just because the Roe v. Wade decision is overturned, that doesn't mean the states don't have a right to make their own laws? Yeah, I think that's, you know, we talk a lot in constitutional law. It's been a while since we touched on Roe v. Wade. That was more towards like the beginning of the semester. But we talked a lot back then about, um, you know, states' right to regulate and uh, people being uh, afforded access to health care. And, um, you know, I just lost my train of thought. Well, uh, that's just the, the intern's really nervous. Intern's nervous first day. Plus, I mean, who knows if his professor's listening to see if they need to change his grade. Uh -oh. And that exam is next week and uh, I'm certainly shaking in my boots for it. Yeah. Well, it is a, that's it is a topic that I think a lot of people do misconstrue that mm -hmm. to mean what's going to happen with abortion. There's not going to be a right to do that anymore. But right. It, so this, this is what essentially is the federal law, right? Under Roe v. Wade and right. Planned Parenthood v. Casey. So that's, you know, that's the, the federal law. Um, and if, if they were to undo all of that, sure, it just sends it back to the states. Now, of course, there's some concern because many states already have laws that are triggered literally to go into effect if this is overturned. Yeah, I saw something about 30 days. I don't know where that came from or if that was something that would be part of like the Supreme court's decision. I heard that last night. It would be a 30 day, like stay on whatever the law was. And then it would go into effect. Yeah. Well, yeah. So a lot of the States would do different things. You've of course got a couple of States that, you know, would never ban it. Um, so it'd be available in some places, but not all, but you know, it really comes down to whether or not this court, all nine justices, or at least five out of the nine justices feel that, that it's, rooted somewhere fundamentally in the constitution that and a lot of people are making at least the arguments that the judges are looking at it from a political standpoint not a legal and that's the hard part yeah it is hard and i don't know that you can really set that belief whatever your belief is aside as a judge in this regard i feel like that's going back to an old episode i mean mr carr pointed out this is probably one of the most controversial beliefs that we have this is an alpha belief right an alpha this is that's an alpha right. belief. It's definitely an alpha so very interesting. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Yes, we could probably go on for a long time about this particular topic, but I just wanted to bring it up and yeah. just see if anybody, you know, be curious to see what Special K has to say. Mm -hmm. if he has any? How are position. they enforcing this one? Did, have they said so? This would be the government. It would be against this, the law, basically. The well, state in the state of Mississippi, okay. after 15 weeks, you could not perform abortions unless there were some significant medical issue uh, with the mother, or they said some. It was odd how they said it. Some severe fetal abnormality. Of course, you have to figure out what severe means. But nonetheless, well, the courts would. That's what the law says, and out. there's no exception for rape or incest. So, now, what about the penalty? Is this a criminal penalty or a so civil the, or both? Yeah, are um, they doing the vigilante enforcement like they're doing in Texas? So the penalty would be that the medical professionals, from what I could tell, the medical profession. There's only one abortion clinic in the state of Mississippi. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Only one. And that was the same way in another state. I and heard that is this they Jackson Women's Health Organization. Yeah. It essentially says if you perform this after 15 weeks without one of these exceptions, then we're going to pull your license and there could be civil fines involved. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that uh, before we start with Kelsey's uh, Friday free for all that we need to be aware of. What's that? Omnicron. Oh, the Omnicron. Oh, I'm scared of my boots. It's not good. I've heard some bad things. The only thing I can't figure out is why are we talking about this when the symptoms thus far have been mild at best, but we're acting as if we're going into another Armageddon. That's the impression I'm getting. Um, I have a theory on the political side of Omnicron. I did that yesterday. I'm very proud of myself for figuring out the effects. Um, but no, I think one of the things that is really concerning to me, being someone who spends a lot of time traveling, both back and forth to a residence, but then also for work, uh, I think this might be the ticket to try to make the mandate uh, absolutely required for a vaccine if you want to get on domestic travel planes. So if you're going to fly to, you know, like I do, I fly back and forth from Florida a lot. Am I going to have to have a vaccine to fly back and forth to Florida? I feel like we haven't, there hasn't been enough chaos yet to really push that. And I'm really concerned that oh, Omnicron may be the one that, that, is there a reason why we picked this name? It's a little scary. It sounds like a transformer. That's exactly what I thought when I was growing up. I had like Optimus Prime mm-hmm. and we looked it up yesterday. The nemesis, it was like opti- maybe Decepticon. Decepticon. And that was yeah. it. Am yeah. I missing something? It's not, it's not actually Omnicron. It's the same, it's, but it's an N Omicron. instead of an I've no heard N. it pronounced seven different ways. So when I did my little thing yesterday, Omnicron, Omnicron sounded way better when I did it that way. So, But no, that's something we're going to be hitting. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to circle back to that um there's no there's no n it's omicron yeah like the greek like letter it's right? a greek letter Delta, yes it's or omicron or omicron it's not omnicron well i didn't know you were such a specialist in the latin <laughs> field but uh it's greek or greek <laughs> <laughs> sorry that I, I know that i know the first uh maybe five letters alpha beta delta or Lambda. Lam- oh boy, this is this is a disaster. <laughs> disaster. Let's move on. I'm not, right. yeah, I'm not even trying. We're gonna move but on. Yeah, let's hold on. Though. Let's. I mean, seriously though, what is going on with these restrictions? And what's the basis? I love the clip that they had the other day about one of the reporters asking about all the people being required to get. Oh tested. yeah, yeah. You must you must get tested if you're coming into the United States. Is that everybody? States. Is that everybody? I believe and the now response it is was now. yes. Yeah. But who does that not include? The people that are just illegally coming over, we don't need to worry about them. Apparently, they can't spread the Omnicron. Yeah. How ridiculous is it does, that? It does another seem matter. That way. It's another matter. It's a totally different totally matter. Different. But it is. it was a fair question, which received a very piss-poor answer, as expected. But No answer. Complete yeah. sidestep. Agreed. All right. We must move on to Special K and what Special K has to offer for the free-for-all Friday. Oh, boy. What do you have Special K to bring to the table? Okay, we all know I've been going crazy that we took our yes, hiatus. Yes, we know that you're going crazy. <laughs> that we took our hiatus during the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Oh. So one of my lingering questions about that that I want to ask legal team here is the part where the MSNBC reporter got pulled over for running the red light when he was trying to follow the jury bus. And NBC comes out and says, he was a freelancer. We didn't 
tell him to do that. The police's body camera footage came out the other day, which shows the exact opposite. When he got pulled over, he actually gets on speakerphone and calls his producer in New York. And she says, yeah, we told him to do it. We have people stationed all around the courthouse. We don't want to know these people's identities. We're just trying to figure out where they're staying. So my question was, how is that not jury intimidation? Why are they not being charged with anything? The sheriff in Kenosha says the reason is because the cop stopped him before he could do anything to the jury. But he was still trying to. Wouldn't the intent be there to, that he was following these people, clearly trying to out them, their identities for some reason, just because the cop stops you before you can actually do it? Yeah, it's tough to say because his intent is not something that is easily proven. You know, I think from a prosecutorial standpoint, you're looking at this and saying, what can I prove? What can't I prove? Now, granted. But the body some, cam footage, uh, he uh, says on there, like, yeah, I'm trying to follow these people to find out where they're staying. Well, does that necessarily mean he's being intimidating? You know, I mean, is that is that rise to the level of a crime or are you just a curious reporter? I mean, the, the question, of course, on the follow up is, why do you care? where they're staying. If you're not trying I mean, to out them. Why would you be doing that? Right. So, so what right or wrong, what is commonplace in trials of that nature are for these news entities to track down the jurors, to tell them, we want to talk to you after the trial. They want the scoop and they come to them as early as they can get them. We want the scoop. We want to, you know, as soon as you're done, we want to talk to you. So, yeah. that, so again, you got to come down to what their real intent was. What were they trying to do? That's actually a really interesting angle on it. It may have been that. It may have been that they wanted like first grab of the jury, that particular jury member or a couple of those to talk about the trial when the verdict was finally reached. And they do have the right to do that. Now, the jurors don't have to say anything. They're not required to discuss it. But right. I can say from other jury trials that I've had, the jury's opinion afterwards is quite valuable. Um, it, it just is, it's a learning experience in a lot of ways to learn in the future, what you should or shouldn't do or what's effective or what's not effective. So yeah, that but isn't the reason they have these SWAT team escorts that take them on this bus to this secret location. Isn't that because people aren't supposed to be talking to them until after the trial's over. So that way you can't intimidate them or try to influence their opinion. Yeah. I don't think that would have been proper, but I may, going back to what Matt said, maybe the idea if. In fact, you believe anything the media covers, which I'm going to actually address that here shortly. Um, but if you believe that, then maybe the idea was we need to know where they're at um, so that after the trial, because I'm assuming they'd probably go back there to get their things. Maybe I, I don't know, but I'm thinking that they were staying there or they were deliberating there. Maybe they'd leave their stuff there and he could send over or the, the NBC could send over a crew to try to intercept them on their way back after they rendered the verdict. I don't know. But again, what do you believe? What do you not believe? It'd be all, all speculation on our part at this point, but yeah. those are a lot of different ways you can skin that. Either way, I don't think it... It doesn't make it right. It didn't make for good ratings. Uh, I think most people were very turned off by that, I would guess. I yeah, mean, of their seven viewers. Right. They, still have. they may have dropped to five. They have seven more than CNN. Yeah. 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 So they may have dropped down to five viewers at this point, but yeah. It's a good question, but I, I never thought of that angle, but maybe that's what they were trying to do is figure out how do we get to these people when it's all said and done. I was thinking about it like in a 
purely kind of criminal liability way. And I was looking really fast to try to see if like jury intimidation was statutory or anything like that. Cause I'm, we talk a lot for criminal liability. You do have the two aspects. You have the intent aspects, like the mental state, but then you also have like the actual conduct. The actus reus is what they call it in law school. Ooh, actus, uh, I haven't actus heard that in a long uh-huh. time. I haven't heard wow. that name in years. Actus I'm sure. reus. Our yeah. listeners nice. are getting actual real legal uh, you know, definitions like, here. Yeah, the old like the Black's Law Dictionary. Oh is yeah, what came to mind when you said that. Yeah. yeah. But so I was uh, trying to think there, uh, you know, we talked about the intent, like what was their intent? And that's kind of a a whole beast on its own to prove is what the reporter was intending to do. But then also what the conduct was, what they actually got to do. Like, did it get to the extent of intimidation or anything like that? But again, I can't find the statute to see what the law requires or even if it is statutory. I'm not entirely sure if that would just be a mistrial kind of thing anyways. But it is very interesting. Maybe the prosecutor felt like, since I'm not going to have a license when the trial's over, it's not even worth prosecuting this. <laughs> yeah. Prosecutor almost turned himself into, well, we'll, uh, we'll get to that topic. <laughs> yeah, but, that, that was a, yeah. well, that was a hot one, mess. One other case that I'm following that I want to ask you guys about is Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend's trial started this week. What and, the hell? <laughs> it sure did. That was yeah. a heck of a pivot. And unfortunately, yeah. we're not going to be able to watch that one since it's a federal case. They don't show them on TV. But the judge ruled that none of the names of the other, whatever you want to call them, clients, co-conspirators, customers of Jeffrey Epstein, the public is not allowed to know their names because it's just too salacious for the public to be able to handle. Is this the names on the airplane? Yeah. and just We're not allowed to know who the other pedophiles are? Correct. Oh, okay. Too salacious. So oh, if there's I'm some sorry. sort of legal ruling or law that the judge based that on, that the judge gets to decide what the public can handle and what they can't. And, and it's my bad. It was politically incorrect for me to call them pedophiles. Come on, they are man. They are maps. They are minor attracted maps. persons. Yes. Minor attracted persons. Yes. My yeah. Say what? It, Say what? It is good to let people know that. So if they hear anybody refer to themselves as a map, now we all know what that means. And we can... Throw them in the wood chipper. Or, or we could call, um, who were we talking about earlier? The To Catch a Predator? The oh, Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Yeah. Chris, why don't you just have a seat? Just have a seat. Yeah. Just have a seat. Just, we just, just want to talk. Seat. Just want to talk. Um, no. I, so let's go back to maybe a more basic thing. When you file a complaint and you have a very uh, sensitive issue that could put a particular victim into a position. I know we're not talking about the victim here, but you, you can file complaints. You can ask the court, especially at the federal, federal level. Uh, in a case that we just finished up not long ago, we actually attempted this, um, in that class action case. And you can ask the court to leave out the name of the plaintiff and put them under what's called a Jane Doe or a John Doe. And you have to obviously make a motion to the court and tell them why you feel like that's fair for the person that experienced this particular conduct and, and and why this would be you know deflating to them and humiliating to them as a individual to have their actual name there and then you file under seal is what it's called so you file under Jane Doe with their name under seal now when it comes to the individuals that may have participated my guess would be that the argument going the other way is they're not on trial Therefore, like if you mention their name, it could actually be defamatory in some way through, you know, and again, 
there's so much more to this than what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of political pressure. Obviously, we know that many of the individuals involved here are not uh, Joe Schmoes. These are people that are, you know, presidents and doesn't make them any better. Right. It doesn't. But I'm just saying, I think that that's why we're seeing a lot of that. Now, if you want to argue on their side and I'm their lawyer, I'm saying they're not on trial. You know, you want to name their names, fine, but charge them or don't. Here's, here's a couple million them. dollars, but either way, <laughs> just, just don't charge them. But, um, but in reality, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably the argument by those individuals, lawyers, because I'm sure they have lawyers. I mean, wouldn't you, if no. you're in that situation, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they probably have lawyers that are at least chiming in on these things. And, and I, I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but that's my guess. So it's worth if they're not going to like charge, say, for example, like Prince Andrew, you know, just throwing somebody out there, then they can't. Who's that guy? Yeah, they can't name. So that would be the reason why, like you're Could smearing be. somebody's <laughs> reputation, but you're not charging with the crime. Could so. be building a case. That too. Don't want to release the name before they, yeah, yeah, before they charge. That's actually a really good angle on it too. It could be that it's... I'll keep my fingers crossed, but I doubt that's uh, what's going on. Yeah. But. Me too, but it makes sense. I mean, if they're doing an active investigation, very possible. They don't want to, you know, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. But come on, man. I think we all know what's. Yeah. Take a look at that Prince Andrew BBC on. interview and it's pretty much investigations yeah. over. Well, you know what's really scary? I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary on Epstein, but mm-hmm. I was really creeped out to watch that. It's on Netflix, I believe. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the documentary, they fly a drone right over New Albany. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this guy was some other, you know, states away or, like I mean, 20 months up it's like where my kids go to school, which is incredibly scary. There's yep. like so many buildings around here named yeah. after Les West. Did you know that? No. The intern looks here? very shocked. No, he's not? like really connected to Les Wexner. Like uh, Wexner Cancer Institute? No, like Les yeah. Wexner. Like the limited the brands, actual man the, yeah. himself. But the person the cancer institute's named it. or no, I think Bing is the cancer one, but yeah, the Wexner Medical Center, the Wexner Performing Arts Center, yeah, Victoria's Secret Limited. I think back yeah, to he had, works. He had a residence here. And that's why that when they start that documentary, they like fly the I think it's across the street from Wexner. I, I yeah. think you're right. Wexner. Yeah. You know? thing used to like fly into name. the Columbus Airport on like a private plane and then would like use Wexner's house allegedly, allegedly on all of this. Well oh, then and then you've also got the there was a lot of odd sell-offs uh, around that same time, if you remember. He was. That's when Victoria's Secret was up for sale and right around the time that Ep- Epstein was picked up. And mm. Les Wexner was Very Epstein's only money managing client. Mm-hmm. And Epstein had no prior experience before getting hired by Les Wexner. Mm. And Les Wexner gave him power of attorney over his billion, millions of dollars. And then when Epstein gets arrested, Les Wexner goes on the radio and says, I didn't really know him all that well. Not I to mention the two private that, planes and the right. townhouse in Manhattan that he gave. I did not free. have sexual relations with that yeah. woman. Uh, you yeah. got it. And you got to stay as far away from these kinds of people as possible when you're affiliated. So, of course, I, well, who was that guy? Oh, well, I yeah. met him at a cocktail party once. I think what 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 color was his hair? You know, yeah. like um, but either Wexner, in my opinion, either Wexner is being blackmailed, which is why they have that situation or Wexner is somehow involved in this. Uh-oh. Scheme. Kelsey's going those were the only two explanations mode. for why Wexner, all of those things would happen. Off the rails again. Off the rails. Come Off on, the rails. Man. 
We could do All a right. whole conspiracy episode. Yeah, on that's that, a, so. that's that's worth watching the documentary. Although it's it's troubling to watch it. I mean, it was ugh, yuck. Anyway, what does the intern have for us today for his free for all Friday topic? Well, Put me on the spot here. Yeah, I mean, now you have exams, and I understand those are coming up, so your mind is a bit occupied. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, any anything anything exciting? I'm trying to think. There was something just a while ago that I thought, you know, this is kind of related and it's pretty exciting. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything? I hope he prepares to? better for his exams. This I, is an in outrage. his defense, you sprung this on him like 30 minutes before he started to. I don't know if it sprung it on him as much as it is gave him an amazing opportunity. That's true. Let's be honest. Yeah. Six in one hand, half a dozen there, in the other. There you go. All right. Well, if you think of anything... Feel free to chime in. Now I have to get to this. Um, I, I did a little preparing today with some some videos and some other things because I just the the focus of today for me is going to be pointing out what is nothing short of hypocrisy at its finest. Although we've discussed many of these things before, I'm going to try to put it all together into one just uh, demonstration of how absolutely ridiculous and out of touch the media really is with the common folk. And how they think us to be absolutely stupid. Nothing short of stupid. So we're going to start by watching a quick snippet from the CBS morning show. I was down in Florida. I happened to have this on. I watched that show for one purpose, and that's just to get angry. Uh, It's (laughs) kind of fun to just yell at the television screen. It's therapeutic for me. So I was watching this, and it was was about a NASCAR driver. you know, the, those cars, they drive around the tracks, uh, somewhat famous. You may know who this is, right, Kelsey? You know, the, the NASCAR yeah, driver. And I like know almost nothing about, nothing NASCAR, about NASCAR, but I know who this person is. And he's someone who has been in the NASCAR circuit for, I don't know how many years, but a lot of years. And I don't know that I would necessarily be able to identify him. I'm not a NASCAR fan. I, I think it's a cool sport. I just get bored watching circles for a long time. I have nothing against it. I know going to one is a lot of fun. I've done that. Uh, But in any case, he's decided to do a charity event, and he's come on the CBS Morning Show to promote that charity event. Again, NASCAR driver, promoting charity. I just want to show this clip, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Are we supposed to say what his name is, or is that a surprise for when you you play the clip? You can say it. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, okay. Jimmy Johnson. So let's just watch and... We'll talk. Um, there's so many important services that are out there, but being with the American Legion over the course of the year and looking at their focus on, on giving back to the veterans, uh, suicide, ironically, is, is a really, really big problem and one of many causes that they're working hard to help the public understand. And every dollar raised will help in their cause and, and help sort of the, the people that defend our country. Is there a particular significance to 48? Oh my God, Tony, Tony, I did that exact in the green room. I said to Jimmy, why 48? And because he's such a nice guy, he had an expression that looked like, is she serious? Am I supposed to know? Well, yes, we're both supposed yeah, to know. That's how we find this. Because it's his car number. My race car number. Oh, oh, oh Tony, I just, Big fan, long time viewer. <laughs> I know, but he was so nice. He said, uh, car number. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I did literally no research about this guy uh, before I, I interviewed him. I looked into him. this guy because he's, you know, he's not part of our narrative, so... <laughs> I mean, oh, it's so funny. Literally, funny. for over a decade, most wow. people could could recognize that forty eight 
was I mean, Jimmy if he's known Johnson. for anything, he was known for driving the forty eight. Most recently, the Lowe's Lowe's car, right? And and to think that you have someone on the show that's promoting charity. You are a nationally syndicated, one of the largest, if not the largest morning show in the national media. And you don't know what his number was and why he chose 48 for this particular charitable contribution. Absolutely ridiculous. You know how many of his fans watched that and decided they would never watch that news channel again? I don't think any of his fans were ever watching it to begin with, unless they were like well, me I'm and they, they were may, angry. Like no, I they know. may have been tuned into the fact that he was going to be appearing on it, right? If they follow his social media at all, they say, oh my gosh, he's going to be on. Let's watch him. And yeah. they're probably looking with these wide eyes of amazement. Like, how do these people not have a clue? Is that, I just, I saw that and I thought to myself, and then, you know, even... Maybe to make him feel better, maybe it really did happen. Uh, Gail, I think is her name on there, says, I asked him the same thing in the green room. It's so funny. I did the same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, man, these people are so out of touch, so out of touch. And they think us, they just think us so stupid. But let's let's move forward on the concept of um, they think us very stupid. So let's talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse narrative prior to the trial and what we know now and after the verdict and everything else what was the position anyone feel free to chime in on what kind of a person or what label you would have given kyle rittenhouse prior to the trial he was a white supremacist what come on man is this is this true i actually know a lot of people who told me that it wasn't until they watched the trial that they thought Kyle shot three black people. Yeah. Now that is, I think if you're going to take anything away from the media's narrative that was so unbelievably persuasive to the average Joe, because we listen and what do you believe? You typically believe what you hear. What the one thing that people took away from that, that was so wrong was that somehow this was a, race-oriented situation. Somehow he was a white supremacist for shooting black individuals or African-Americans, even though he shot three white people. How does that happen? I mean, how, how, do, how does that happen? If you would have polled 100 people, my guess would have been 95 of them would have said, of course he shot African-Americans. In fact, what did that tweet that I sent out, I showed you about the person at their office. Do you remember me sending that to you about they needed to take a couple days oh, mm-hmm. to yeah. let the verdict digest. And this was an African-American woman who sent this out and said, you know, as long as you can have these conversations with the people you work with, as if like, I can't have a conversation with an African-American. Why? I don't look at their color, but anyway, as long as I can do that, I need to talk to them and give them a couple days to digest the verdict. What the hell does that mean? The, the verdict was the verdict and it had nothing to do with anybody that was black or. Well, now they have actually changed it that he's not a white supremacist because he shot three black people. He's a white supremacist because those three white people he shot were there at a Black Lives Matter protest. So he oh. shot Black Lives Matter protesters. But then they leave out the part about how the one guy lit the dumpster on fire and was trying to how push it towards the gas station. Telling him he was going to you know, kill him and that he had just been released from a mental institution, wasn't on his medication. Does that have anything to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But that, that's one of the hypocrisies, you know, that we're going to, we're kind of going to revisit that in a second with another 
well, current event. One more, too. They're talking about how Kyle's gun was illegal and his mom drove him there across state lines. Kyle would live the closest to Kenosha of all of the people that he shot. He traveled the least far to be there. Mm-hmm. His dad and like grandma and a whole bunch of other family members lived there. That's where he lived part time since his parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. And so none of them really had any business Doesn't being there he in actually Kenosha. Work there too. Yeah, and he yeah he mom didn't drop him off. He stayed after work. And right. we the can't guy dive that too far into oh, this. but then We're the other guy going. had an illegal gun too. The guy that yeah, almost shot. So all of the whole thing. The whole thing was the, the entire. We could do a whole show on all of the. BS that came out of the media about the facts of that case, but we're going to just move on to the next case. And I think this may even better demonstrate how hypocritical the media can be. So let's move on. Um, The next case that I want to bring up here is also currently in trial right now, as I believe Uh, this is just Jesse Smollett. I think it's with a J-U, maybe? Just, Jussie? Jussie. Jussie Smollett. So, Juicy Smollett. Smollett. Um, if anybody doesn't remember this, this was the um, the actor who said he was attacked by three, or two, I'm sorry, two individuals with a mega hat on, screamed some racial slurs at him, uh, brought a noose along, and, and, bleach. and bleach, and dumped bleach on him. At two o'clock in the morning right. on the coldest night in Chicago. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a terrible thing. I, I, that's what happened, wasn't it? Uh, that's what was reported, yes. Oh, reported. Okay. And then they found out hmm. that he paid those two. He was friends with those two guys, and he paid them with, the, with a check. I disagree with he you. He wrote him a check. I disagree with you on that. I'd like to just run over to that real quick. Let's let's see. Um, there was a tweet by our vice president. I just, I'll just i read this real quick. I've got it up, up here. It's a... Uh, He's one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this. Now, do you think that was based on the media report that was, you know, what I just described? Or do you think that this was based on an actual fact at all? I think it was based on the media report. I mean, it couldn't even have been based off of that because didn't she tweet that like two hours after it happened? Right. Is that kind of jumping to conclusions? So the media paints the narrative. You know, in this instance, we've got the white supremacist on Kyle's side because he's white and didn't shoot an African-American. But we had to plug that in because that never would have worked. So we had to say it was African-Americans and he's got a history of white supremacy. Now we come over to the other side and everybody's just falling over. For, for Mr. Smollett, because, you know, he went through this terrible, terrible thing. We won't look into it. We, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds here and see what really happened. But unfortunately, somebody did. Somebody did. And it wasn't exactly the way that it was originally portrayed. Do you believe that? I can't even imagine that to be the case. I mean, if that's what he said, that's what happened. Uh, I, that's, that's where I was. And I think uh, Kamala Harris was a little along those same lines. She felt the same way because there just hadn't really been enough research and, and investigation into this, you know, after they did come up with this idea that maybe something else happened. Um, so she was approached by a reporter asking that question. I happen to have the footage here. I'd like to just, yeah, I'd like to throw that out there real quick. Um, here we go. That it is a modern day lynching that, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> yes. Jesse Smollett. Um, 
Okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very um, concerned about, obviously... I think the point has been made. Are are you serious? Like, are you serious that you're going to stand by the tweet where you basically support a person that that has clearly at this point the the disorderly conduct issue or whatever the federal disorderly conduct is that what it was that he's actually on trial for i think it was i don't remember filing a false police report yeah but i think it's called like a it's like a felony disorderly is that right the intern i think it's felony disorderly looking right now it says that they started jury selection a few days ago yeah so i don't know that at this point the Obviously, we all know what he said happened. He went on an interview with uh, ABC, I think, you know, on a Sunday night interview, and there's lots of crying and things. It's so um, good. I mean, obviously, anybody that would do something so horrific as he proclaimed, we don't support anything even remotely close to that. I think that is an awful thing. I've never experienced anything like that. I can't imagine, you know, if that did happen to somebody, how awful that would be. When you play this out, there has been, te- there's actually been testimony at this point. I don't know if you're aware of this. He rehearsed this. Mm-hmm. This was actually rehearsed. He's an actor, right? He is an actor. So he rehearsed it before they actually went through with it. Oh my God. I mean, that's how deep this is. And then our vice president doesn't even want to retract what she said about this individual. It's disgusting. It's absolutely unbelievably hypocritical when you look at the way that the darts were thrown at Rittenhouse which were completely BS facts. There wasn't even an African-American involved with it. But yet that's the narrative that the media painted. And then they came to the other side of this and then supported what in essence was total BS that they didn't know whether that had really happened and verified that story just because people say something doesn't mean it actually happened, but that's what. Well, but, but uh, you know what, in their defense, they didn't verify either story. Yeah, and the reality is they didn't verify anything which is probably so the just, root of the freaking yeah, problem it just right? goes to like, show like I, I don't know that i could say that they did anything different than they would have done for either of them they, they just didn't verify any facts they jumped on whichever narrative they wanted and they ran with it i my, mean how could you not have figured out after so many months in the rittenhouse deal that these weren't african-american victims uh, yes that's very simple to do Yet they ran with that narrative for months. Yeah, they would not retract their stories and say we were wrong about that. You never, if they, if they are retracted, they're generally on a Friday at about five o'clock when never, everybody's it was never retracted. doing other things, and it, it it's in some fine print at the end of a you know periodical or newspaper or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this the kind of hypocrisy. It's so important to read past what you read because or hear. Because you're not getting anything even remotely close to accurate. I don't know. I don't know where I read this. I just read him. It's because Juicy Smoye is back in the news. But I read something about a potential defense that the money that he paid to them was hush money because they did this to him and then told them that they would hold him for ransom. They were holding the story for or something like that. I just saw like, that's absolutely ridiculous, too. What? I watched the interview last night that he gave to Robin from ABC. And I actually, you know, what people kind of forgot while they were looking at all of this too, was that he is an actor. He's a pretty good actor. I'll give him that because he was quite believable in the interview and the, but he's on trial right now. Right. Oh yeah. How crazy are you to go on the news and do an interview? 
No, the interview was last year. When, this was oh, last oh, year. When the attack oh. Yeah, right happened. after, right and after it happened. he's crying that everybody that okay. doesn't believe him and question him, they're oh, racist. Good, good. And, I was thinking some right. crazy attorney put him in an interview no, right no. before his trial starts. That'd be... No, I watched the old interview and I was thinking, everybody kind of forgot, this is what this guy does for a living. He's pretty good at it. You know, and he was. He was uh, some of us would agree to this. Well, I don't know. I never watched yeah. the show. And I didn't know. really find him unbelievable in the ABC interview. All right. Everybody's oh. just pooping on <laughs> my <laughs> points. Quick to... All right. But so, I, look, I, I, I just want to point out the media is consistent. They don't check their facts. They don't retract the story when they're wrong. All right. Well, look, Take I, that for what it's worth, people. You're only, Stop listening to the media. You're only using two examples. I'm oh. sure they got it right on my third example. Oh, my I'm sure it was right on this one. Um, let me just go back to that. So tragedy, absolute tragedy that happened in Wisconsin. Just disgusting kids, older people killed by someone. Uh, it, when I first watched this and I I'll keep the news on here at the office, so I, I saw it right after it happened. And the first reports and continuing reports for some time were that this was the result of an out of control driver it was being chased by the police. Did somebody hear anything different back then when this whole thing started? Nope. Nope. Okay. So that's what it was. It had nothing to do with anything else. Just I'm driving along. The police are chasing me. He was fleeing you know, a like, knife fight or something like fleeing that. Fleeing a knife fight because that's what you do. And then you run into a parade. I see that happen all the time. I mean, it's like every other weekend, somebody's going into a parade after a knife fight. So that's what we were supposed to believe. That's what we were told. So it, I'm sure it was accurate. Sure. Okay, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to follow up? Okay, I will. I'm going to go ahead and follow up and show you um, something very interesting about what he had posted on social media prior to this, this event. Um, here's one. I don't really know. Maybe you guys can interpret some of these uh, abbreviations. I'm not real hip to some of these. Learned ND taught behavior indy no idea okay so when we start back knocking white people tf tf out out oh i know that one the f word out i want to hear it the old white people too knock them tf out period hmm that sounds now. That's the local um, rapper, Math Boy Fly, right? Uh, Math Boy <laughs> Fly. Yes, very. I, I don't know about you. I just got his l- latest uh, release. Really great. It's mixtape. Yeah, I mean this one. Let me just give you a little um, little quote from one of his rap songs. That was part of like the rap song. But there was another one. A uh, Hitler knew who the real Jews were. It shares in the widely debunked claim that the Nazi maniac had warned that his genocide was partly drawn because he knew, quote, the Negroes are two, are, are the true Hebrews. It suggests World War III would start when people learn Hitler was right and did the world a favor by killing the Jews. Hmm. Wow. This guy sounds like a really nice guy and, and certainly not racist or have any preconceived thoughts about Jews or white people? Would you agree? Or, no. Or and I just tried to look same. up what ND would maybe stand for. And there's I, nothing I that popped it, up. I think it's just an abbreviation for and. Is it? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. That makes sense. Learned and taught behavior. Yeah. Okay. Good call. 
that's why we've got the intern mm-hmm. here. He's more hip because he's younger and knows all these lines and mm-hmm. abbreviations. But anyway, let's, so let's think about this. Let's go back to where we started. We've got the white supremacist, Kyle Rittenhouse, immediately, immediately after this happened, what was he? White supremacist, 100%. Did he killed African-Americans? Kill, killed African-Americans. Yeah. But in this case, where we have an African-American, the media has presented it very clearly as this is a person just running from a knife fight. But what about these, you know, Facebook posts and the rap songs about killing Jews and white people? I, I guess we just ignore these because this does not fit. They're planted. And, exactly. And we need hypocrisy. So we're just going to, you know, gray this out. We don't want to deal with this. But I mean, how unbelievably ridiculous is this that we, we get something so horrific and then want to label people domestic terrorists? Who else is possibly a domestic terrorist besides this guy? Doesn't he fit the the definition better than anybody else that we've seen come across the the wire as of late in terms of, I mean, you could You make, mean then the people at the school board meetings? Yeah. Those people are the ones you really got to look out for. Yes. I mean, yes. I can't imagine what the rappers that went to the school board meetings, their rap songs say. I'm, I'm just going to go right back to this. I am a, I'm extremely impressed with the media's ability to be so consistent in getting it wrong. Yes. Every time. Yes. Doubling down never apologizing and for the sheep to that just follow. continue to follow that, follow that narrative. Yeah. But and they d- always get it wrong and in favor of the one side. They, they get it wrong in hard. favor of the narrative. Yes. They, they want it in favor of anything that doesn't so fit that creation of, of racism and chaos and anger and this country's awful and we all hate each other. I saw an amazing clip last night. I wish I would have brought it on. I'll maybe I'll pull it up for next time. Oh. Go go look at um, it. It was uh, Denzel Washington was oh, yeah. was giving some thoughts on. I had to go back to our camera. Sorry, I had still had our tweet up there or that uh, Facebook post. Um, Denzel Washington gave some thoughts on race relations. He was asked by a reporter as far as when Obama was in uh, the presidency. You know, had they improved? And he gave one of the best answers I had ever heard. Um, and, and I have a lot of respect for him anyway. I think he's a fantastic individual. He's one of the most uh, charitable, but quiet charitable individuals that um, is out there, at least in the acting industry. But what an intelligent response. And I'll try to get that on next time about, you know, talking with race, you're, you're limiting race to race and color. You're not talking about dealing with people. It's how we treat each other. And it was, it was so well said. Um, so I'll try to get it on, but that's what I'm saying. If it doesn't fit the chaos race card, let's hate everybody. Let's cause confusion. Let's make people dislike other people for reasons that we say we try to fight against. I, I, I mean, aren't we, isn't that what we've always said? Well, I'm colorblind. I don't look at color. I look at the person, but that doesn't work. That's not good for them. They don't want to bring those things up. They don't want to bring up the realities that a lot of this is, is what it is. The facts speak for themselves and we can leave it at that. We don't need to turn it in to something that's going to make a particular race hate a different race or a particular type of person hate another person because of this. It, what, it, it sells. Remember, it sells. Follow the money. Well, the news is there to get your viewership. But that's why it's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're just incompetent. It seems very intentional. It is intentional. You cannot, they cannot hide behind the, oh, well, I got a bad source. 
I mean, you can do that every now and then, but you can't do that every story. When you look at three different stories with three completely different narratives that only fit within the parameters of what they've defined as the narrative. Yep. All right. I'm a hundred percent agree. I just got really got me out. Sorry. Just made me mad. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's interesting when you do look at those three different things and how the media handled each one of them and how differently the facts were presented and why the ultimate question is why? Well, okay. It's not a sexy story. I get that. If you are trying to sell sexy stories, maybe work for the National Enquirer. Yeah, but not, now, you know? now I think we're, as we review these, as people see this for what it is, we see why we're so divided on so many issues. Oh, yeah. It's because nothing is ever as it seems. And the way that we hear things from one you know, news outlet to another is so different and so 180. 100%. But even with, to use the Jesse Smollett example, I still think that an actor staging a fake hate crime and doing all that, that's still a sexy story that I think would get views if you covered it from that way. Like, oh, look at this guy. Who's not trying when they're to- pushing race, race Again, as an not issue. Not in the parameters of the narrative. It fell without outside. So, but of that. I think that means it's more than just the profits. Like there is this narrative that they are trying to push. It's not just money because I think you would get the viewership from reporting the Jesse Smollett story the correct way. That's good so point. there is a narrative that they would that yeah. is more important than just making the money off of it. In my opinion, the way if you look at all of the stories that they report on, not just these three, but there are certain things that if they would report the truth, they would still get a lot of viewership, but they choose to ignore it because it benefits the narrative. No, that's true. And, and I think that there's, there's definitely more to the story than just how attractive or how much money can be made from it. I think it just comes down to, you know, it has to fit first within those parameters. And if it does, then how do we glorify it even more to get more viewers? You can make that argument on the Kyle Rittenhouse because it's, not one fact or two facts that were wrong. It's like it fell within the parameters. Once they got it in there, all these other facts came up that were never true. They couldn't verify, but it certainly probably got the attention of the general public and sold more whatever viewership. Have you guys ever seen the movie Anchorman 2? I absolutely love it. Mm-mm. So it's like Richard Branson's character owns the private jet company, but he also owns the <laughs> yeah. news station. Yeah, and so his it, private jets keep blowing it, up in midair, it, yeah. but he doesn't want people doesn't to know. Doesn't want people to know about it, so, so he, he restricts Ron Burgundy from uh, giving the story. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. But I think that's important, too, because they say if you look at all the this wide variety of news sources we have to choose from, if you go up to the top of their corporate structure, there's only like four or five people that own the news mm-hmm. stations. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is a subsidiary from these guys. So if whatever's going on is not in their personal financial business interest, then I imagine that they would not cover those stories. accurately. It, it affects everything downstream. Yes. Yeah. It really does. It does. It's aggravating. It is. But but the, then before we go, though, just to follow up on the last episode that we did to Friday. speaking of people giving interviews when they maybe shouldn't. I know Alec Baldwin's not being charged or on trial, but he did that interview with George Stephanopoulos last night. And he's saying he didn't pull the trigger on that gun. And also the woman asked him to point the gun at her. So okay. I just wanted to follow up on that for everybody, too. Yes. And I've got something. Hold on. There, Yeah, I saw something else on that this morning, too. Is that yeah. what you're looking for, Drew? Something from this morning? 
actually last night, I forget where I saw this, but I took a screenshot of it. I just thought that the title of the article that was out there was just pretty, cons- pretty consistent with Alec Baldwin's personality, uh, slightly narcissistic. Um, Alec Baldwin on rust shooting. Someone is responsible, but I know it's not me. <laughs> it's like that shaggy song. It's like, like unbelievable. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Come here. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't me. I know somebody's responsible. It just wasn't me. So I, I thought that was uh, interesting, but I, now I hate to defend this guy, but I try to be fair. I was telling Kelsey that when I read that story, the reason he was at least making the argument that he didn't pull the trigger as a gun owner, Iron Man knows about this too, a revolver, especially like the old six shooters, they had a hammer on them. So you pull the hammer back. Sometimes the hammer locks in two different places, two positions. One is if you want to let the hammer go to shoot all the way back, we'll lock it down and then it would require for you to pull the trigger and then that would release the hammer to shoot. Given that this was a Western, what he said happened is he was holding the gun like this, kind of in the camera um, woman that was killed thought that it would be a good angle for her to be able to, I guess, according to him, see the hammer pull back. So it's at least rumored in the article that his finger was outside of the trigger and he pulled back the hammer. And once he had it back, when he let it go, it hit the firing pin and the gun went off. And that's very possible, especially in like these old Westerns. Remember when you'd see people when they're like shooting up a building and they're doing like one of these, like on the back of the hammer. And it's like almost like a semi-automatic gun at that point. So it is definitely possible that that did happen and he didn't have his finger on the trigger. Now, anybody knows anything about guns realizes that's the mechanics. And if you drop it on the firing pin, it's going to go off if there's a live round in there. But anyway, that's, yeah, I'm just trying to be neutral here. I'm just giving no, him fine. a little but somebody's responsible. It's not Alec Baldwin, though. <laughs> it's not me. It's, it's not, not Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Wasn't me. So that was a good follow-up. Yeah, that is a good follow-up because we did that whole episode on that, which continues to, you know, present certain things that are quite interesting, I think, about what really went on. And we'll have to keep an eye on that and see what they do. All right. Well, it has been one great Free for all Friday. This cost me a lot. I've got two employees in here that are, you know, just billing on the hour. It's getting expensive. So I'm going to have to get off here before I go broke. But thanks for tuning in. You can find us again. I'll go ahead and edit this when we're done and get it out on all the podcast platforms. Certainly uh, are excited to have new subscribers. We've seen that number go up as well as uh, especially on like our podcast. It seems that maybe people like the audio version a little better before we got things right in here, which I certainly understand and appreciate. So I wanted to get it right. But um, going forward, we'll we'll be doing both as always. Anything uh, that you need to sign off with or say, Mr. Iron Man, before nope. we take nope. out, out of here? Nope. Right. Covered everything I needed to. What about uh, the intern? You got any final thoughts? I don't think so. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. It was, it was a blast. Thanks for coming on. And uh, anything from you, Special K? That's a scary question to ask. Yes. Yeah, I just got a text message from my mom that oh, said if boy. we wanted to cover a sexy story, we could talk about Jeffrey Tubin. So we'll have to save that one for oh, another wait. episode. You know what? There's somebody in our queue. Oh, it's Bruce. Bruce, I'm sorry today. Uh, we're gonna have to sorry. we're gonna have to come back to you. I feel bad. I didn't see it in here until just now. Um, but on the next show, we'll definitely get you on. We just had a bunch to talk about today and 
Uh, the show ran over anyway, but um, we will get you on next time. Thanks for giving us a call. So until next time, I am Shake and Bake on the SOL podcast. We will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to SOL. Join us next time on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and iTunes. For additional information or questions related to your legal matter, contact the Baker Law Group at 614-228-1882. That's 614-228-1882. Be safe, know your rights, and follow the law. This podcast is adjourned. <laughs>